You are listening to the Enormocast. Sportiva is a proud sponsor of the Enormocast. And though I will be buried one day in a blown out pair of mirrors, if you're young and open-minded about trying hot new things like spam sushi or snail facials, just like it sounds, then Sportiva has two new kicks available this summer for you thrill seekers. The Squama, rhymes with your mama, is a high-performance Velcro slipper aimed at getting you boulderers up your sickest project. Sick, bro. And the Otaki, rhymes with Suvlaki, is an aggressive high-performance shoe designed to hold the downturn shape even after repeated lashings. And they also happen to heel hook like a three-legged monkey on a swing set. So check out your nearest high-end climbing retailer or Sportiva.com for these and all the classics. And remember, when you give Sportiva your business, you support the Enormacast. The Royal We here at the Enormacast would like to remind you that there's three great ways to get shit you need and get the Enormacast a little something as well. BonfireCoffee.com. Enter Enormo at checkout for great, small batch, fresh roasted coffee. PeterWGilroy.com. Enter Enormo at checkout for amazing climbing-inspired jewelry and accessories for yourself or that special belayer. EmblazedBex.com. Enter EnormoCast at checkout to just say no to belayer neck pain. And the great thing about supporting these companies is they are the little guy. In fact, a couple of them are just one person over there at that particular little company. So you're supporting them. They are climbers. You're supporting the Enormacast, and you're getting great stuff. It's a win, win, win. Very rare in this day and age. So please consider supporting them, supporting the Enormacast, and supporting all our sponsors with your patronage. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? Are you playing here? We're doing the... Uh... Enormo Dome, whatever it is, it's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big place. That's, out. that's a big nice. place. You sold it out. I'll say, you really should. The hell are you doing? I couldn't sleep. I'm checking the ropes. There was a frayed end on your rope, and I'm cutting it out. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment with support from Maxim Ropes and the fine folks at La Sportiva. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Norma Cast. This is your host. Chris Caloose. <clears throat> yeah, it's early. Well, not really. It's about 8 o'clock on September 11th. Always strange to say September 11th. It's such a, uh, it's such a hideous brand, September 11th. Um, yeah, it's early on a Sunday morning. That's what's, that's what's strange about this, actually. Um, you know, that's the way life goes nowadays here at the Enormacast headquarters. But enough about that. Today's episode is episode 112, I think, of the Enormacast, a conversation with Jean-Pierre Ouellet, a.k.a. JP, a.k.a. Pee-wee Ouellet, the crack master from Quebec. Pretty sure the first uh, Quebecois on the Enormacast. So 
Glad to have him here. Thing I want to uh, tell you guys is that I am going to be attending the American Alpine Club Kragen Classic in Devil's Lake, Wisconsin at the end of the month. I think it's the 30th through the uh, 1st, pretty much that last weekend, and we'll be doing a live presentation on Saturday night. So if you are out there in the Midwest, please be drawn to the Kragen Classic like a moth to the flame. Sounds like it'll be a fun weekend, the Midwest twist on the climbing festival. We'll see if there's uh, we'll see if there's more brats per capita at this one. I would hope so. I would hope there's more brats than, let's say, the New River Gorge Kragen Classic, which was the last one I went to. Perhaps some finely crafted beers from places like Stevens Point. And of course, it is the home state of the venerated PBR. Anyway, looking forward to that. We'll be there. So if you are in attendance, please, of course, come say hello. And uh, we'll chat about climbing, the podcast, the baby, probably mostly about the baby. That's all I really talk about these days. If you guys are on my Instagram account, you know that that's just basically a normal baby land over there. Nothing but baby pictures. That's what's going on these days. So he will not be with me. I'm sure some people just decided not to go because the baby is not going to be there. But uh, yeah, he is staying home with mom. Will not be at this particular climbing festival. Hopefully, in a couple few years, if I'm still doing this, the normal child at that point will be coming to some of these festivals reluctantly, no doubt. He'll be sitting in the corner with his iPad, grumpy because dad dragged him to another stupid adult thing. Okay, on to the interview with JP. JP, aka Pee Wee Willette, crack master, an inspiration to me because, uh, He's a person that has taught me a ton about how to approach crack climbing as sport climbing, which is uh, something that can be a little bit inflammatory to people who hang their hat on crack climbing being super, super more rad than than sport climbing. But, you know, we kind of point out that unless it's like a head point kind of dangerous type thing, once you've fallen off on the onsite and you've uh, decided to rack up and try again, then you're pretty much sport climbing at that point. And once it gets into project mode where you have to do it a few times and get beta worked out and everything else, just because you're placing cams doesn't mean that you're not sport climbing. So yeah, we talk about it a bunch in, in the uh, in the episode, but he was the inspiration to me to start uh, approaching some crack climbs, not just in Indian Creek, but elsewhere that way. And yeah, a lot of people might say, hey, that was also the moment you sold your soul, Calouse. Yep. Just sold it down the river. Your black heart filled with projecting crack climbs but I don't see it that way. I ran out of stuff to do in Indian Creek. I had to start trying hard things. That's kind of how it actually really went down. But he helped me on that path. And, uh, you know, I still go around trying to on-site climbs. I'm not completely lost, but uh, sometimes I like to go back and work really hard on something for a little bit. There's a satisfaction, the same satisfaction in red pointing sport routes. In fact, I think it's almost more satisfying for me to red point hard cracks, you know, to really dig in and just twist the hell out of your fingers until they are stuck in that weird position when you're done for about 20 minutes where they're just like in these bent positions and you're trying to kind of loosen them back up. Yeah, there's something fun about that. Isn't that weird? Yeah, crack climbing's masochistic. There's just no doubt about it. And the harder it gets, the more the pain sets in. But I digress. Back to Pee Wee. Yeah, great guy. Definitely has his own way of approaching climbs and he gets them done. He does get them done. 
Now, he's going to give us a few little tricks of the trade in here. A couple of them you might find a little bit shocking, especially you died in the wool tradsters. But, you know, you might have stopped listening already when I called crack climbing sport climbing. So, anyway, I think you'll enjoy this one. Nicely accented Enorma cast from Pee Wee Willette. When it comes to protecting climbers, we all know that Black Diamond makes great gear to keep you alive on those big climbs. But look more closely and you will find a company that has the climbing community's back in many deeper ways. For 25 years, Black Diamond has carried a vision that they have a vested interest in protecting the places that you're gonna use that gear. The company is well aware that they have the clout that an individual doesn't have to stand up to those who would sell, close, or destroy our beloved climbing areas. Advocacy groups across the world have found BD willing and able to help them bring powerful Kung Fu to the fight for our right for adventure. So look to Black Diamond for the best climbing protection that money can buy and know that they are working to protect the climbing areas where you're going to use it. But yeah, I, wa- I was just mentioning that you were on the uh, the listener, or no, it was a live Call a Canadian. Yeah. And that was like, that was quite a while ago too. It was like three or four years three ago. Three or four years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. with JT. Yeah. So, yeah. Funny thing with that is that uh, JT had emailed me the day before saying, I, we might call you at around 10 or 9, something like that. And in my head, it was at night because I thought that the show was at night because oh, it's sure. supposed to be live. So I went climbing yeah, like that a, day. Like, a, like a, a concert or something. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't have a concert at nine in the morning. Exactly, right, okay. yeah. yeah. So I went climbing. So I'm at the crag, and I usually don't necessarily bring my cell phone or I don't have my cell phone on me, but for whatever reason, I had it in my pocket. I was belaying, and then my phone rang. So I was like, fuck it, I'm climbing. I'm not you know, just going to go to voicemail. And then I think he called... Two more times, so yeah. I was like, oh, maybe it's something work-related or it might be something urgent. So I just look, and it was JT. Right, and you're like, oh. <laughs> and then he called another time, and then I, rep- I answered, but uh, I was at the crag when, when we did that, uh, that thing. So it was well, really it's funny. funny because from my end, you know, it was sort of JT's bit, and we'd done <clears throat> one with Sonny the year before, so this was like part two. And I was like, okay, you, you, talk, to, you talk to JP, he's like, you, he's gonna be there right and uh he's like yeah totally no i got it all set up he's totally down he's totally into it because i'm like yeah we can't do this live if he doesn't pick up so so you don't pick up and i don't know i it's in there like while we're waiting to get you to pick up and we start i think we start making fun of you or something but but i was definitely sweating like i mean we had just blown it off and moved on and i edited it out later but I you didn't like, have like a backup plan like well a, we just sort of kept bullshit call another it. canadian yeah, type of thing <laughs> The backup Canadian. We would have just started calling random Canadians. Um, but you picked up anyway. And yeah. uh, it was a good bit. It turned out to be pretty funny. So. Yeah, it was fun. Um, we, we, he stopped coming to Five Points. So that, uh, uh, the call of Canadian went out the door um, with, with him. I don't think I could pull it off in the same, with the same panache as, as Mr. Thiesinga. Yeah, he's, uh, he can be pretty harsh on Canadians didn't, sometimes. And we, uh, oh, didn't we quiz you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I know we told you about your cousin. Yeah. The the like professional wrestler or something like that or was she some slash stripper maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ex- well, she's one of those gals like working that kind of business. Yeah. yeah. Willette. Uh like 
Jessica Willett or something like that. So. Still haven't met her. No? No, she's uh, a really right. far cousin, I yeah. assume. <laughs> it's a far enough. Yeah. Hopefully. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Even in Canada, there's laws against that, right? Uh, it depends on in where Montreal. <laughs> depends on where you yeah. live. If you're far from the city, you know people are fine with it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, anyway, the other thing I wanted to mention to the listeners out there, and and a very few people probably even remember this, or I know there's some listeners that have been here since the pre-dawn of the Enormacast, but Pee Wee was a a uh, was a interview I did on my old podcast, which was called Off Belay. And for various, very dramatic reasons, it disappeared off the internet completely. And he thought that, because he was almost the last one, you were almost the last one. Yeah. And so you figured that it was killed because of the unpopularity of your episode. Yeah, that's what I assumed, you know. I thought people say, what, you know, we can't understand anything he's saying. His accent is so weird. Uh, I barely speak English. And I I thought like, yeah, it probably just went away because... People were like, yeah, you ran out of good climbers. Now he's just like yeah, uh, interviewing I, whomever I did, I did the find. best. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then I had to go find, find you. No, uh, it, it, it died um, for various reasons that will not be recounted. And what's going to happen with Off Belay, because it's, it's not out there anymore. And uh, is this going to be once I die, it's going to be like the, the thing, the posthumously released tracks, the vaulted tracks that they find, you know, like. We're going to see like 25 Prince albums in the next like five years. That'll be my like, you know, the lost tapes. Yeah, yeah. Come back out. So you'll, you'll be famous once again. <laughs> um, why, why is your new podcast not called On Belay or Belay I On? thought about that. I thought about that. But I, I, I actually kind of wanted to like just do the full reset. Maybe Uprope Slack <laughs> would be good. You know what actually I thought would be a cool name was The Run Out. Oh, yeah. But uh, the runout.com is this really cool uh, kind of underground punk music blog. Huh. And uh, it's very current and very going on. And so, you know, I figured not that I probably would have any legal problems with that, but I don't know. It seemed like a lot of people searching out my thing would find that, even if I change it to like the runoutpodcast.com or whatever. So I figured they kind of had. It seems like a really cool blog. Yeah. And so I just kind of like, I'll back off. And you don't want to mess with the punk crowd no, anyway, no, you right? No, definitely don't. You, no, that's not cool. Yeah. You'll at least get spit on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I ended up not naming it The Run Out either. I like the end of casting. Thanks. Anyway. Yeah. I just had to explain to someone the whole background behind how it got named. And I think that can be found in like episode 50. But it's obviously a Spinal Tap reference. The first lines of the intro, intro is from Spinal Tap. I guess probably a lot of people don't know that either. There's the Clint Eastwood, but right before that, it's the uh, the Spinal Tap Enorma Dome quote, which is where I got the name. Yeah, I think it's good that you explained it because probably most of your crowds is uh, you know uh, younger than 30 years old, so they have no clue what you're talking totally, about. Yeah, because that came out in 1984, I think that movie. But you know it? Do you know it? Barely, Barely you know, yeah. 78. So yeah. uh, I was oh, yeah. pretty young. <laughs> well, it it wasn't very popular when it was in the theaters it's okay. definitely like a cult film and as a musician i don't know you need to you need to get you need to get down with that movie i'll a try bit, to look so it up check it out i don't know if there's some french subtitles or anything like that so or dubbed it'd be probably be dubbed, absolutely dubbed, hilarious dubbed are fun yeah you know um i have a pretty good story with dubs is i when i was a kid i used to be a big fan of arnold schwarzenegger movies but i didn't speak 
English, so right. I was listening to the, the subtitles, not the subtitles, to the the dub, you know, in French, and it's uh, that same guys that always does the same uh, actors, you know, right. and then uh, maybe a couple years ago, I was in the hotel room, and I the first time heard his real voice I was like oh my god that's his real voice <laughs> <laughs> so so there's a guy a french canadian actor who's who's pretty much like always arnold schwarzenegger yeah as the voice yeah he's a voice actor yeah, yeah. he also does like um um Washing machines, uh, commercials. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. So this guy's like like a kind of well-known celebrity. <laughs> yeah, somewhat. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. It took you that long to see a Schwarzenegger movie in English. Yeah, I kind of stopped uh, Schwarzenegger movies for a while. And yeah, then, I think uh, everybody did. Uh, after Commando, I went A-Rai. <laughs> is that pre or post Terminator 2? I was... No, Terminator 2 is probably the best one he's yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. That's it's a pretty after. good film. Yeah. yeah. Well, Terminator 1, too. Anyway, uh, this is not a movie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we are supposed to talk about climbing oh, eventually. Yeah. But anyway, I've known you for, for quite some time, and uh, I don't know how we met. Must have just been climbing in the creek or something. We Do met at the creek uh, climbing that uh, really famous Thin End Crack. Uh, yeah, we, it was... Um, Sacred Cow, maybe? Sacred Cow. Yeah. yeah, you were with Oliver. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. And I was with BJ and those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And you had to ask me, I think, because um, we were talking in French. Me and Oliver were yeah. talking in French with each other, but we this were was using. DJ that asked you this question that you're going to oh, say. Oh, okay. Think, yeah. yeah. We were using like uh, f- French. I mean, we were speaking French, but using some English words for describing like a jam right. or finger lock or ring lock. And then. Uh, so uh, BJ asked us or asked me if um, uh, what was the French words for that. And I said, there's no, no word for that. Cause yeah, it was specifically layback, I think. Yes, what's this? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, blah, 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 layback, blah, right. blah, blah, layback. Right. I was right. like, so what's the French word for layback? I was like, there's no French word for that. The French don't crack climb. I think, yeah, that's, <laughs> that was the line. The French don't crack climb. <laughs> and actually, I think you yelled... If I recall, you yelled a complete English phrase, lay back the shit out of it. Oh, yeah. When he was up there. <laughs> yeah, I think he was just going to fall off from the ring lock or something. Totally. He was like, and he was, a, he was really strong yeah, climber. Yeah, the dude was like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, he was yeah. like, like a, wasn't he like a farm kid? Like, just yeah. Grew yeah. up like tossing cows around and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he could do one arms off of ring locks, but for whatever reason, like he would have that tendency to turn into uh, a layback whenever he got pumped because he had the muscle, you know, to just lay it back. So when I saw that he was starting to struggle, yeah. I was like, yeah, dude, just turn just into a layback. Do your shit. I think you guys both got kind of worked, though. That no, day. I did it. That oh, day. you did it. Yeah, but second you did try. it like crack climbing. Blood running. Oh, yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah. yeah, I know you did it, but your hand, like, you came down just, like, shredded. Yeah, that was my second trip to the creek, I think. Nice. So it was pretty hard for me at the time. It's a good size for me, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I remember. I think I did it no tape on my on my hands as right. well. because so. you don't want to tape for that. Yeah. Because it makes your hands too big. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the classic dilemma on that one. Yeah. But, yeah, the, 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 so you're an example of another guy that I met and was either, uh, I was either better than or, or about as good as. And then now that's like a completely different story. <laughs> Who's I just talk? Oh, yeah. Uh, Brad Gobright was just on. 
And oh, when, nice. Yeah, and when I met him in the creek, I could like climb a little better than he can. And that that ship sailed like way out of port now. Like I don't even go near that kid on a rock climb. Well, we we all have have that situation, you know. I yeah. uh, climbed with Alex Arnold uh, on his uh, first trip in the creek, and honestly, I was way better than him. <laughs> <laughs> But for only that, probably three months right, of my right, life, yeah. you know, and then uh, now he's like who he is and yeah. he's one of the best crack climber in the world. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's actually funny that um, I've used that comparison of, um, you know, you guys both have a film about climbing down in the North Wash. And it's, they're, look, they're both awesome and like you guys both send, but, and you're laughing because like the difference of like you're just like screaming and yelling yeah. and like throwing jams. Now, mindfully, you were sick. Yeah, I was. Yeah, you were like you had been locked up in a in a hotel in Green River, like puking. I almost flashed it too. That's the thing. Uh, okay. And then I saved it for the. So I was I went there with my partner, climbing partner, and then I got up up it, and I fell at the top, and it was late in the day. So I was like, and um, uh, James uh, Martin Q Martin. Uh, was supposed to be there to film, but he couldn't make it the first day. So I was like, I'm gonna save the send for the for the movie, you know, for the film. You'll actually, you'll actually get the send on tape, not yeah. have to recreate it. Yeah, yeah, because he's more dramatic and all that. Yeah. How'd that go? Uh, but then <laughs> the next day, I got sick, and then uh, so I couldn't climb for like uh, five days. And then when I went back, I was still a little bit sick. I had a really rough time to get back up. Uh, to the climb like the hike is pretty steep and i was drinking cough syrup it's, i don't know if it's even legal it might be like uh i mean it's a legal drug but not it's not legal to send with that you know right. it's like a little boost like yeah <laughs> oh you mean like it's a, a performance enhancing drug yeah yeah, yeah. Right, right so we're yeah. gonna strike that one from your record yeah yeah. there's an asterisk by the send of uh of no way jose yeah with uh Tylenol sinus or something right. like that. So I would take the like the cough syrup between each burns, and I remember one day I went around the corner and I had to puke. <laughs> so it was pretty bad. Um, so it took me like maybe three more days to send it, but I almost like I won on it on my first try. Yeah, so. but no one was there to film it, so it doesn't. It yeah, doesn't, it doesn't. Didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen as far as the internet's concerned. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But it is. I mean, that that's totally cool that you you like. There is that caveat of like being really sick, but it makes for like, and meanwhile, not only are, is he not sick, but like, I mean, isn't just he just hiking? Like, isn't he just like talking like through the crux moves, like talking about how good the jams are? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Or maybe that's on Trail of Tears, the other hard crack there. But, uh, but there's a point at which he's just like, like. Oh, these jams are really good. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's like wonder what I'm gonna eat for exactly. It's like when he's the video of him soloing uh, the the um, moonlight moonlight that where he's chatting along in that one section that I fell off of multiple times. <laughs> I'm just like okay, yeah, and he is... goes to, with that knee bar, no hands, and he like turns to the camera yeah. and he talks or whatever. Yeah. And like, when I got there, I was like, oh, I don't think there's a knee bar there for me. I'm just going to keep going. Your leg's a lot smaller. Yeah. Well, anyway, so thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> having me. That's the whole interview right there. We're talking about some movies in Alex Honnold. I appreciate yeah. you coming by. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, I don't know how we got on that, the two different uh, the two different climbs down there. But um, 
Let's talk about that. So you, we're talking about crack climbing. Oh, yeah. And you, as much as anybody I know, are this like kind of single pitch or short, hard crack aficionado. And uh, you're sort of keeping the dream alive. I mean, Mason Earl's there with you nowadays and stuff. But you've been doing this. You've been like this crack fanatic for, uh, I mean, how long have you been climbing? Uh, I've been climbing 20-something years. Mm-hmm. 22 years, 21 years. Yeah, and I'm sure it was always part of it, but it really feels like in the last decade, even maybe since since uh, I saw you, and since maybe I, I recorded uh, our interview in, in uh, Rifle, like the last few years, I mean, you've been just like going around seeking out these single pitch, like super hard crack climbs and, uh, and mostly sending them. I mean, maybe we don't hear about the ones that we never <laughs> get. Uh, and uh, it's been pretty amazing. So what is it like... Talk about that obsession, uh, and I think it's pretty safe to call it that with you. Yeah, uh, and for perhaps sure. healthy, you know, maybe not for your joints. It's like a collection. You yeah, know? it's like yeah. instead of collecting stamps or rocks, I collect cracks. Right on. Yeah, my collector. Yeah. So, what do you? What can you like talk about? What it is about that type of climbing that's fascinated you, at least in the in the last few years. I have a few explanations, but the uh, it's probably a mental sickness, <laughs> honestly. Uh, no, um, I've always crack climb because there's a bunch of cracks, like granite cracks where I live. Um, but I've always been drawn to, even when I was climbing 5.8 cracks, I, w- I always was drawn to the line. So how cool the lines are, how good they look. Um, and it's, it's the same thing when I sport climb, like when I go to rifle for me, it's like, yeah, it's fine. Like the movements are fun, but it's more like a training. I don't, I'm not inspired by anything over there cause it's all choss and bolts, but most of the hard cracks, they look cool. They're a line. It's pretty obvious. You know, you look at it and say, Oh, it's so pretty. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I just, I, I'm drawn to the lines. So whether it's a sport climb or a crack climb, but it tends that the crack climbs are usually, they look better. Right. Uh, and then, um, yeah, it's kind of a niche that I found. Uh, when I started to do, I, at first I called them my crack tour, so, tours. So I would uh, train in the winter and then in the spring I would go to Indian Creek or Colorado or wherever and then... I had a tick list, and I okay, I want to do this route, this route, this route, and then so I just got better. And at some point, I was like, oh, I'm gonna do a list and try to do that list. So first, I was like, okay, five thirteen and above is, is the list. And back then, there was maybe fifty to sixty five thirteen cracks in America. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna try to do them all. But then people started to put up more of them, so their list grow. So I did quite a lot of the original list, but now their list is probably 120, 513 right. routes. So at some point, yeah, I'm like, ah, I don't think I'll be able to stop. do them all. Everybody stop. Yeah. Give just, me give me a break. Like, <laughs> just give like give me two years. Yeah. No more. Yeah. Right. And at first, it was like I had t- three weeks vacation, so I would go on the road, then I had three weeks to do whatever route. Sometimes I would fail, and then I had to come back. So it was not like a super fast process at, at first, but then I kind of... Got more fit through training and that sort of thing, but also the um, my technique got much better. And then uh, I always praise myself of being weak but smart, so I developed 
good technique. I think I have pretty good crack climbing technique and also little tricks, you know, with the super glue and yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I want to get to that stuff. Cool. Um, but yeah, you are, I, you know, we, you and I did a route together, uh, in Indian Creek, what, like two years ago, three years ago, that little dinky thing on Sparks Wall. Yeah. Two, two, two yeah. seasons ago. Yeah. And you sent it first and, uh, and the, the imagination you had with that knee bar, Thanks. like <laughs> was the opening of that route because, you know, I, I bolt, I put the anchor on it and that last 10 feet. I'm like, man, this is thin. Yeah. You know, and there's some face holds, but barely. Yeah, but barely. And and then that knee bar, not only does it make the root go, but it it's like the funnest part of that root. Yeah. Is to and it's and it's you know, it's really easy to be myopic about crack climbing, especially in Indian Creek. Yeah. Because you're like, there's no face holds. Let's just not worry about putting our feet or our hands on the face. Yeah. You know, we're just in the crack, like in the crack. And meanwhile, on this one, you like ran up into this cool upside down knee bar and it's like a pretty good rest, but then like climbing out of it's hard. And, and Probably uh, like you're totally sideways. Yeah. That's the cool thing about like, it. Like, yeah, it's above your head. Like yeah. you run it up like kind of above your head. It's super cool. And like, I don't know. I really don't know if I'd have ever saw that. And I would have been up there like trying to wiggle like my fingernails into that. that little tiny crack. Do the old school way. Yeah, or dinoing or trying to like dino to one of those like crappy face holds or something. I'd still be trying to do that. Were you doing the first knee bar? There's a knee bar at the start as mm-hmm. well. And yeah, the mm-hmm. right side. Yeah, That's yeah. a pretty cool one because yeah. you can yeah. place a piece. I think I probably would have figured that one out. Um, it seems a little more obvious. Yeah. And plus you do it like after you've passed it. Yeah. But the fact that you run your feet up above your head. Um, that's super cool. cool yeah it's a good little route uh anyway but um Th- by the way thanks for letting me do the first ascent yeah, on no that. problem yeah. yeah yeah no problem and actually uh i told you Oseba did did it then yeah yeah after yeah. us so it's probably that's it i would imagine no one's bothered again maybe do you know anybody i don't know it's kind of dinky it's small but sure. i tell you it's it's pithy you know what that means no i'm not sure <laughs> pith yeah <laughs> look it up <laughs> <laughs> the pith it's like the the inside of like uh the like hard inner part of like a branch or something yeah yeah or if somebody has pith they've got like inner sort of power oh yeah, yeah okay yeah. i know so, what you mean yeah. so it's got like it's like on your face from the very first move so yeah yeah because anyway, it's yeah, short yeah that's why i put it up because it's like 40 feet long i don't know or 50 feet maybe but it's like another climb that was 100 feet is only going to have like that much hard climbing in it anyway especially in the creek yeah the rest of it's like hand jams up to that point yeah so it's kind of like just the hard section of a climb without the other bullshit no filler climbing anyhow so back to this whole crack climbing thing yeah i was just praising sort of your imagination in terms of that and you were saying that you have that because you think yourself as weak and so you got to be smart and being smart means being sort of imaginative yeah i think so yeah like i always I was starting to do all types of climbing, and I think that gave me, you know, good imagination and then good good technique. And then it's not because you're crack climbing that you can't face, you know, face climb or do a knee bar or, you know, do a heel hook or, um, and I think a lot of people would try to climb, they, they just try to stick to the old school mentality, of like just doing nothing. It's like when Nico. Did the second ascent, Nico Favres, when he did the second ascent of Cobra Crack, he found that crazy eel hook beta. Mm-hmm. He goes, you know, totally upside down, and it makes it much, much easier. So, um, so, and he's like a five fourteen plus sport climber, you know. So, 
I think I think when you try to just climb and then use the features like from the ground on that uh, on the, um, that short crack climb in, in the creek uh, from the ground, I was like, I think it's gonna be possible to do the knee bar up there. I right. told myself that in my head, and then when I got there and I, you know, tried it, I was like, yeah, I think it's gonna work. And then yeah, uh, no, t- you totally spotted it on the first go. Yeah, yeah, so, or from the ground. Yeah, like you said, and I yeah. was just like, oh, that's so thin up there. I don't know what's got what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Um. So thanks for that. But um, you know, you said something a minute ago that's I think kind of uh. I guess it's obvious when you say it, but it's not something we think about. But when you started doing this, and it wasn't that long time, when you started your crack tours, it was what, yeah. like a decade or longer, 15 years ago? 10, 15, probably, yeah. yeah, 10, 15. I'd have to look it up. Maybe yeah, so in, my in, nose, in the 2000s probably. anyway. Yeah, so early not 2000s. like in the prehistory. And uh, to say that like, oh, there was like 50 or so, 513 cracks is, you know, there's 50 513s in rifle, like by itself. Yeah. Like there's, you know, like 10 on one wall and and it's like it's hard to remember that it's it's a sort of a rare thing because even now you're saying okay there's a hundred and this many or whatever it's still not that many right right. yeah and i think like i mean it's like a resource that's for whatever reason is not as available in a weird way it's not i don't think it's weird because it's a question of millimeters you know like a from a ring lock to a tin end to a hand jams uh it's you know it's few millimeters or yeah so it's from like 513 to 510 yeah yeah and then the few millimeters the other way to impossible exactly right. yeah yeah so they're kind of uh maybe hidden treasures or like uh rarities like you say but i like to call them like my trophies you know right. it's like they're pretty rare and then some of them are kind of a pain in the ass too to get to and they'll be by themselves no warm-up like no way, Jose. There's that shitty 511 to the left of it. You can barely warm up on it, um, and then because uh, it's like sh- kind of shitty climbing, right. like like bouldery to a five nine hand crack, so you can't really warm up for a harder climb. So you get there, you're, you're le- like doing push ups or something. Yeah, your yeah. legs are well warmed up from the hike, but that's about it. So you know some of them, and then your partner must be like a really generous person who wants to just come along and belay or someone who's going to want to, um, to, um, try it with you. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. So on these crack tours, like who the hell's going out to do all this stuff with you? <laughs> well, uh, a few generous friends yeah. who, uh, basically what I have done in the last couple of trips, I was tr- tired to just go to the coffee, local coffee shop and try to find partners. <laughs> um, I would just like exchange a day of belaying for a day of belaying. So, you know, my friend, have, you know, some of them have projects and be like, oh, yeah, I'll belay you all day on your project. You know, I'll be your belay uh, bitch and then uh, you'll be my belay bitch the next day. Okay. So, my girlfriend also, whenever she has time off from work, I've, uh, she's belaying me on a lot of them. And then I have a bunch of friends. Yeah. You know, I mean, it can be found like people who want to work on the same thing. I mean, yeah. And that kind of worked for us when we were. We were up there at Sparkswell because I had that other route exactly, I was trying to do. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and the thing about it is that it's like it's the modern thing is like it's it's crack sport climbing. And so a place like Indian Creek, at least you can – It's sometimes there's other routes on the wall for, yeah. for somebody to do just like you might go sport climbing and each has a different project. Yeah. But you're right that some of them are out, you know, all by their lonesome or yeah. – I mean like Sphinx Crack is sort of – its own thing. Yeah. yeah, nothing else on that wall. And there's right. a lot of them like that. Even in around Moab, like I've done the 
a, a few roots there that you, you mean, like conceptions by itself conceptions it? yeah. by itself um uh, like i said no way i'll say trail of tears is by itself yeah, totally. it's all pretty long approaches uh, uh mexican snow ferry is somewhat by itself <laughs> um yeah so some of them are kind of tricky to, tricky to access to those big roofs uh necronomicon and then some of the other long roofs um oh, down right. in Moab. Like the way way down in uh, on the white room yeah, yeah these are i mean they're all concentrated but they're all like 513 roof cracks right. so you or 514 roof craft right. cracks so how many like do you keep meticulous records you know probably know how many 514s there are too yeah more or less yeah because that's of, even that's some like of the, a rare gem yeah so some of them are not 514 sure um some of from some thirteen plus are five fourteen. Right. You know, it's always a question so of yeah, yeah. So it's always a question of like finger size and all that. But I think the granite cracks are not quite as uh, size specific as far as the gray goes. But uh, yeah, it's can't remember remember exactly. I haven't looked at the list in uh in a, in a little while since I'm injured. But uh, um, <laughs> you don't want to like beat yourself down by yeah. looking at the list. Like, yeah, exactly. Go, makes you feel bad. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's around ten, maybe. Yeah. So I in mean, America, there's a yeah. few ones that the the white boys Tom and Pete have put up in uh, Italy and and um, you know, and there's a few in Norway and that kind of stuff. But uh, did the did the one that uh did the one that um uh the swiss cat uh the swiss cat that went in the monastery the green spit yeah is that did that hold 514 uh it was called 514 yeah. and it's probably 13b has it been yeah maybe c yeah okay yeah i was just curious yeah. uh didier yeah didier Sorry, didier yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't know why i spaced his name we hung out a bunch yeah um he's another guy that took one of my roots <laughs> learning to fly huh? yeah yeah I, I gave it to him too. So, yeah. um, anyway, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. So we're talking about this resource that's kind of kind of rare. And, and the other thing that you know, crack climbing, everybody calls it trad climbing because you're placing gear. Yeah. And it's a traditional style, um, but usually on site. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was the old way, right? Yeah. It's done ground up, and and the thing that has changed, and maybe that's helped. You know, when you started, there was 50 of these things. Now there's 100 and there's some more 514s. Is that not just that they were found, but people were willing to apply uh, sport climbing tactics to the crack climbing, yep. which is kind of, uh, it's funny to call them trad climbs. And I, and I always sort of make this kind of cranky point that like, you know, Indian Creek's like the biggest sport climbing area in the world. It's more sport than sport climbing. It is. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't even have to get to the next bowl. Yeah. Personally, I don't call crack climbing trad climbing. It's crack climbing. Right. A real sin is placing the gear mm -hmm. in my mind. Yeah. Um, but it's it's crack climbing. It's totally different than trad climbing. You, trad climbing, it's almost more like in the mountains nowadays. Sure. Yeah. And, and like... I mean, this would be the rest of the show, and I've I've always wanted to kind of like get into this, but the whole trad climbing ethic has more than just the gear. It was originally the ground up idea. You don't, you know, preview, and and in the very beginning, you weren't even really allowed to try again. Like yeah. it was on site or nothing. Yeah, and uh, and hang dogging was out, and all these different things that are accepted. But oh, and the other thing is that there's plenty of bolted routes that are not sport climbs. Yeah. So the bolts don't define sport climbing and I don't think exactly. the gear necessarily defines 
uh, trad climbing because it's more of the approach and the approach meaning that, you know, you work the climb, you climb it, you get to the top, you might top rope, but if it's possible, yeah. you get the gear worked out, you try a few times, you try to do the red point, then finally one day it all comes together, you place the gear just right and you send the thing. That's that's like a sport approach. Yeah, if it's a safe route, mm-hmm. meaning like if you work on the R route, or R-rated route, it's still you still have the, the trad feeling where like falling can mm-hmm. be dangerous and then there's some adventure to it. But when you're red pointing a crack, you know exactly which piece to place where there's a tick mark for your for your cam or for your or for whatever piece you put in the crack and then uh, it's in order on your harness. Yeah, totally. It's not much harder than clipping a bolt. So it's definitely crack climbing. I think it's a sport in itself. Yeah, for like sure. sport climbing or um yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like a subdivision of trad and sport climbing, yeah. I think. But but it's important that that you know, I think that you maintain this as best you can and, and uh, definitely don't misreport. But the one thing that does hold true to the ethic is the idea that you, the best ascent is placing the gear on lead. Yeah, yeah. And the pink point, which I don't think people use that too much more in sport climbing because it used to be that like you were supposed to place the draws. Yeah, and if the, yeah, if yeah. Yeah, that's remember? True. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you didn't, then it was a pink point. Yeah. And that's like, so out the window like you'd you you look like an idiot if you insist upon it yeah but with crack climbing it's still an important distinction because i think it is a lot harder yeah i mean you have to carry the weight sometimes on a long pitch like in indian creek if you have to carry 30 25 cams um that's a lot of weight although with those new black diamond ultralights (laughs) 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 <laughs> Bing. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah. Full disclosure: uh, <laughs> we have a BD uh, rep sitting here across the table. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, it makes, they are they are they are pretty awesome. Yeah, thirty percent lighter. Yeah, yeah. But still, you know, if you have thirty of them, if you have thirty of them, you must be sponsored anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have thirty of those things. Yeah, either that or you're a freaking millionaire. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like doing tricks are for kids. Your harness is pretty heavy when you start off the ground. Oh, yeah, it's so like it makes, falling down your ass. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it makes a big difference. And mm-hmm. then you have to stop to place it. And sometimes stopping and placing the piece is uh, harder. I would than say the root. on a lot of those Indian Creek cracks, stopping and placing gear is the crux. Yeah. Because it's like with both finger stacks or ring locks or whatever you happen to be using, in the crack, like you're okay, and then if you would, shuffle, you're okay. Yeah. If you have to stop and but, do anything, even talking, you yeah. know, it's like. And I always think of it as like this time bomb of like you're in there with two hands, and as soon as you take a hand out, it's like the countdown begins. Yeah, of like you know, maybe you're, if you're strong, you get like eight seconds, but sometimes it's like four. Yeah, it's just like yeah. four, three to you know like red alert red alert like and by that time you're just holding the cam in your hand yeah. you haven't gotten it in the crack yet and clipping it and all that sort of thing have so. you done where you're like you take the cam let's say you're jamming and you reach for a cam with your right hand and then you get it out you place it as fast as you can and then you do a move with your right hand and then you pull the crack the rope with your other hand because if you're old that second more try you're to done. clip yeah. you're getting oh, out sure. of there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah with the no. slack in your hand yeah no, and that's the other terrifying thing but if you're smart it, you climb up to the cam and you don't pull rope yeah but that's hard to remember yeah 
because you want your little you want your two feet of top rope exactly <laughs> yeah yeah. But yeah, all these all these games actually. So I, I think it's cool, and and I definitely you know with my career in Indian Creek in particular, like you just run out of stuff to do if you're like if you're some sort of strict like you know I'm just gonna try to onside everything. It's like after years and years, it's like there's nothing left. And you know I kind of graduated into doing stuff that would you know take me two or three tries, you know, and then and then it's pretty much now I, I've done like multi season like projects projects on different cracks because you know i'm going down there like two or three weekends a a season maybe but yeah these days but yeah so i've had climbs that have taken me you know a couple years to do on that kind of schedule yeah because then a season goes by and you got to kind of start over the next year anyway so yeah yeah exactly but but yeah so it's it's kind of a different approach and it's like you just said it's this big mix of trad and sport and you know it's not one or the other it's like this this mix but it's there's an excitement to it because there's this technicality of like the gear yeah. that adds this kind of, I think, extra thing to it. In the end, it's not really important as long as people are honest about it, I think. But personally, for me, if, if for example, when I did the first ascent of uh, Nicaragua, that big roof cracked down in the white rim, um, I, I kind of ex- uh, like sent it by accident with the gear in place. So I was working on the route, and then at the end of the day, I was like, I'll just do like a training burn with the gear there, and I sent it. Um, but uh, when I sent it and I lowered down, my 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 partner, uh, Tom, actually was there, and then he was like, yeah, man, you just sent in. I was like, don't tell, please. I And there was a bunch of other guys there. I was like, please don't tell anybody that I sent it. No Facebook, no internet, nothing. In my head, I want to do it placing the gear. Like, right. It was just an accident. Right. Uh, sending it that way. And then I went back and it took me like three more tries and I sent it with the gear. But in my head, especially this route was so cool looking, so unique. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to have someone do it in a better style. I mean, someone's going to unsight it at some point for sure. Right. Um, or which maybe, would be, yeah, or maybe better, ha- yeah. Alex going to solo it. Um, Right, which would be probably the best style, uh, but um, naked, naked, yeah, bare feet, naked free solo, no chalk. Right, um, but I wanted to do the best style possible, so it's not like okay, yeah, that guy did the the pink point, but then this other guy did the real first ascent because right, he placed right. the gear. So I just wanted to have the the best uh, style possible in my mind. In the end, I, who gives a fuck? Because it's only climbing, but um, yeah, it was really important for me. Well, that's cool. I mean, and, and again, you're like, if you're playing the game, and it's a game, yeah. You know, like uh, I, I talk about this before, but like the the sort of mind, ex, the 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 thought experiment of explaining all this to a non climber, like it it makes my head hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know this, and like when the Don Wall was all going on, and like so much was being gotten wrong out in the mainstream. Yeah. But then I was just like. I'm like, ah, oh, first reaction like these people are idiots. They know anything about climbing. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like, it's really would be tricky to explain. Like, it's impossible. Like, how, why this has to happen and why it's like, you know, oh, you got to the top. It's like, no, 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 no. You have to do it in a certain style. And the styles, there are some rules, but in the end, it's up to you. But at the same time, you can't cheat. What cheating means is up to you. You know, it's yeah. like it just becomes really confusing, and you just like have to go back to your thing. What you just said is like that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. And it felt good yeah. to you to go back and and make your belayer go back yeah. and 
do it again. I mean, there's rules in every sport. I mean, if you go to, if you want to try to, who's going to do the fastest hundred meters? If some dude is with rollerblades, obviously he's going to do it faster than the one than the one who's tried uh, running it. But they're not doing the same thing, right? <laughs> So it's not just a question. I want of, to see that sport where one guy gets the roller. Blades. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he has to like pull a sled or something. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's it's true. And but we don't have like I guess the like nowadays the 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 fucking internet is our referee. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those so, troll, those trolls, you know, those fat dudes on yeah. the, behind our computers. Like yeah, I've heard you didn't place all your pieces. Right, right, right. All right, yeah. But or you, maybe you put tape on your fingers. Or yeah, whatever. the tape thing is funny. Yeah. So, but yeah, let's actually let's talk a little bit about that again about that smarter versus stronger. Um, and the backstory in that is that you like you helped me with one of your tricks, one of your sneaky <laughs> backhanded tricks to do uh, maybe the hardest crack I've climbed. Nice. Um, it probably is. Yeah, it's right there. The learning to fly, which. The long run out story is that I put the bolts on it, found it, cleaned it, never climbed it. Didier climbed it with my permission as the first ascent. I belayed him on it actually. And then, you know, so and so climbed it. And then, like, some well, Girl Scouts climbed it. And I think a troop of Boy Scouts, like, uh, they all onsighted it. And then you climbed it. Yeah. So let me give you the rundown. So, okay. yeah. You know the exact order of people who climbed it? Well, the first couple guys, right? So Didier did it first, yeah. and then I worked on it for a while to do the second ascent, and I was super close. I was and I was on like a two weeks trip or three weeks trip, and I got super super close. I was like, yeah, it's gonna go down, it's gonna go down. And then um, Sonny Trotter uh, came over, but it was a while ago. It didn't. He, was, he had not done uh, Cobra Crack. Okay. He was not okay. like. Uh, I mean, he's always been super s- strong, but. Um, so he, he's asking me, hey, can I try it? I was like, of course, yeah, My here's the rack. He can use my rack. It's only four cams anyway. Um, and then he goes up it, and he's like fucking, sorry, uh, flailing, you know, like, I'm, in my head, I'm like, yeah, it's never going to do that. You know, there's no way. And he's just like, like taking, and then just like feet are like flipping, you know, on the side of the crack, like doing the non-crack climber beta, just sure. a strong man beta, you know. And then in my head, I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then I give, you know, my try after that. And I fall, like, right before you get that jug. I think it's a right hand, whatever. Uh, where, basically, you get that jug and, you know, you sent the root. And, I, like, I grab the jug, my foot slipped, and I fall. I was like, ah, oh, shit, maybe next day. And then Sonny's like, oh, I think I'll try it again. And he just <laughs> send it, yeah. hikes it. Yeah. I'm like, what happened, man? So Sonny did the third ascent, and I did the four, the uh, Sonny did the second, and I think I did the third. Okay, um, a couple, you know, like a week later or right. something like that. Right, uh, and that's when the Boy Scouts came. And did yeah, it. yeah, yeah, and then everybody is like doing it, and then it's got it got onside it a couple times, and it's downgraded now. Yeah, 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 totally. So, but I ended up uh, finally doing it, and that was my story: is that I would go, I would try it, I would. Tear the cuti- like right, a big flapper right behind both my cuticles. No, be- no, like beta, you know, whatever I remembered from like the year before. And then that would like, I couldn't, I might like try a bloody top rope 
and then I'd go home, and that would be the end because it'd take me like a month for my fingers to like to grow the skin back. Yeah, to grow the skin. I mean, it was done like yeah. for the season. Yeah, and then maybe I'd come back the next season, or maybe I wouldn't get to it, and I'd be there like the next year. So I, I like tried it that way for several years, uh, and then, and it's funny because I had watched I had watched Didier on it, and I was like a pretty steeped trad guy when it this was all happening. Like I wasn't much of a sport climber. Like I'd clipped bolts, but never again, I'd never like embraced the approach. So I was climbing sport climbs. Like I was climbing, whatever. Right. Right. But I, and I watched him cause he went up and he worked it and he moved, he like, you know, found the jams and, and, and it looks totally uniform, but there are Subtility, like this tiny yeah. sweet spots yeah. and he'd tick them and he'd like get it all set up. And, and, uh, and he was sort of like the, the crack master, yeah. At that point, yeah. um, his brief, brief like career yeah. in the spotlight. And, uh, you know, I saw it, but I guess I just didn't internalize it because I was still like, you just throw your ass at the thing as, yeah. and try as hard as you can. And if you fall, it's because you weren't trying hard enough. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. And every time it's different jams, different sequence, it's just whatever feels okay. And uh, so you schooled me not only on that, but then you gave me the, the, the tape with super glue beta yeah now and i know you've probably gotten hell for that for sure on the internet yeah and uh, elsewhere. i don't know on the internet but like, in person yeah okay like yeah. what are you doing yeah. yeah but the the thing is is that it's so thin that if you put tape on your fingers get too big if you like wrap enough that the tape's gonna stay on yeah because you got to get the tape to stick to itself yeah then it's you're, it's going to make your fingers too big and plus it's going to roll and then your fingers even bigger. Yeah. And then your host. Yeah. Like, and that's going to happen in like two jams. Oh yeah, for sure. If it, especially if it's a little bit warm. Yeah. Just, yeah. So the deal with the super glue is that you put it like one layer glued to your skin. Yeah. And there's no overlap. There's from, no overlap. Yeah. Right. Or like barely. Yeah. So it slides in really easily. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't roll up. Plus you showed me, uh, you actually like showed me the anatomy of my fingers and that right behind the knuckle is actually thinner than the knuckle. Yeah. So if you put the tape there, it's still not as thick as the knuckle. So it's not going to be the difference. Yeah. And also that's, where you catch exactly okay, yeah. so this is all i don't know when did you do this like it was in rifle or i don't know where you were showing me this yeah i think it was in rifle but yeah. maybe i yeah i don't know when it was but you had me all schooled up maybe it was when i interviewed you. maybe yeah yeah but you had me all Makes dialed sense. in and uh, yeah because it was about that long ago about how to get this all done and i was i was skeptical but here's the thing and you can say it's cheating or what but the thing it does for you, or for me, it did for me, is I got to try it more than once in a fucking season. Exactly. Because honestly, most of the cracks are easier without the tape. The thing is that you'll be able to try it only once right. if you do it that way. So Yeah, so I get up there and you, I gave it my all like I would normally do. And then I came down and like my hands were fine. Or not fine because you're like, you're stuck in that jamming position for about 20 minutes after a go. But... I was able to try it again and then and that allowed me to go up there and sport climb it and stop and make the moves and find the jams and like sequence it, lower down, get the sequence, decide like this is going to be my beta for now, you know, and give it an, and then give it even a third try. But by that time I was out of juice, but my hands were still good. Yeah. So what happened? Come. Two weeks later, exactly. I came back without gobies 
and Senate. Senate, yeah. Yeah. That's the way to do it. I mean, I went from like years of futile effort to sending it in in a week, essentially, a, a, yeah. a, a like seven days period. Or no, it was two weeks later, so like a 14-day period. But like two days on it. Yeah, two days yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah, and it was like... And I, I mean, I was in good shape because I'd just done the route on Castleton, but, uh, but still it made like all the difference. Yeah. And so that, that was, it was pretty cool. And it also like opened my mind even, and this wasn't even that long ago. And by this time I'd been sport climbing a lot, but it was like, I would just like shift my attitude when I got to the creek. Yeah. Now I'm trad climbing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so it like changed my perspective in that sense. Like it opened my mind to the possibilities of applying this to that. You know, and then and then you can just start thinking about big roots that way and, yeah. and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, well, you got any other tricks in your bag, Dad? Oh, gosh. There's some secret ones. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have one. I can share that one. Actually. There's the one where you where you clip above your head and then so that you've got the little mini top rope and then you jam your foot accidentally on the rope. Yeah, that's like, a good resting position. <laughs> then you just kind of sag a little bit onto the rope. Is that the secret one? No. <laughs> There's a few ones, you know, but uh, sometimes on the route, like it doesn't really work anywhere else but in uh, Indian Creek. But if you do like a super long pitch, like somewhere, some routes over there are like 45 to 60 meter long for a single pitch. So sometimes you'll have a really hard section that you can't do with all the the rope, uh, the the rack. Sorry, on you the ra- the weight of the rack. So um, I put up that uh, snow Mexican ferry like that is like a, Mexican a, snow ferry. A Mexican snow ferry, yeah. Which is not a which is not a slander because that's that's it's a slander what, towards me. Yeah, it's a slander <laughs> towards you. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the the hardest crocs is at the start. And I couldn't do it with the the, the whole rack because it's a forty five meter pitch. Right. So I would bring just enough cams to get to the first rest, which is right after the crux. And then um, I had a tagline on me, and from the pod, there's like two good hand jams. I would haul the rest of the rack from there. Um, so and then, then reclip all that, and then. So how are you hauling? Just just like putting it in your mouth that style, or did you? ever get around to like throwing it through a piece and like well i like, i brought a little uh or a pulley, pulley. Yeah, i brought a little I say, yeah. blocking pulley and i clipped it to the piece that i had my my last piece clipped in and i just like hauled my rack with a, like a five uh millimeter cartlet mm-hmm. and then just put the gear sling around my neck and then keep plugging away from that so that's uh yeah so never taking never taking yeah, and that's the game yeah, right you're yeah, playing yeah. the game that way and that's if, if you haven't sort of climbed in any creek or you haven't climbed hard, um, the, the, those climbs, again, I talked earlier about how that, that climb that we put up was, uh, was like all hard from ground to top. But a lot of times there's a section and then as soon as you, if you're climbing like one inch crack, you know, purple Camelot kind of size, as soon as you get like a opening that you can get your hand jam in, and a lot of times the little pods are actually like these bone lock. Yeah it's over and you and especially after you've been trying so hard on ring locks like that that thing that is a the most massive jug ever yeah. and if you can get your feet in one too and a hands then yeah you could stand there all day well in this yeah. situation it was a pod for your foot okay and then i had like two finger jams i would go from one finger lock and then 
go like, with the other end, but my foot was really good. And yeah. it's like a vertical stance there to some yeah. overhanging in that section. So yeah, I'm work because it's pretty hard right after that pot mm -hmm. as well. So I ah, worked out pretty good for that. Yeah, that's one trick. Uh, another trick is like people, it's not gonna, I mean, it's gonna be 50 50 on that. Is that, um, you know, sometimes when you climb, like for me, let's say it's that purple size, you know, I have like medium sized fingers and like a baggy purple, like 0.5 Camelot, like diamond Camelot is, uh, who, who <laughs> makes that? Like diamond. Okay. Yeah. So you have to put a lot of tape on your fingers, right? Like a couple, um, oh, you say that like not wraps, wraps, like, yeah. yeah. So a couple wraps, so it's it's the right size and it jams well and it protects your skin and all that. But the problem with that is that the more wraps you do, the less you can bend your finger, right? Uh, so you, it's hard to clip. It's hard to like deal with the gear, and uh, and then sometimes it tends to roll. Even if you put the super glue, it tends to roll. So what I do. Uh, you got, it's crazy. I don't, I don't know if I should say it. <laughs> um, so what I do, I take... That's all right. The, 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 the hardcore die-in-the-wool track guys, they stopped listening yeah. when we were when we started calling crack climbing sport climbing. Yeah. So yeah. they already shut it off. So all you're right. good. You're fine. Okay. So I went to a bike shop and I buy like... A, I don't buy like... I, I get like a bike tube, like a used bike tube. Mm -hmm. And I cut a piece and I super glue it to my finger. So it gives me like... a like a more like more like a bigger size finger sure and i wrap one just one layer of tape so it gives me so since it's rubber it's super flexible mm -hmm. so you can still you can actually crimp but you have one layer of tape that with super glue and it all holds together and i uh yeah it works really well so it doesn't give you more friction in the crack it just instead of having like four wraps of tape you only have one wrap but you uh you have that thickness from the from the rubber on the, the finger and if you put it just on that last knuckle you can still like jam the jam really all the way small, yeah. like the right. small size right. but also the bigger size ah. so i've done that quite a f on probably the last three or four hard uh cracks i've done in the desert and then the thing is that it does it really protects your finger your skin and you don't get the numb feeling from like uh um uh, too many layer of tapes and then sometimes too tight or whatever and it doesn't roll and yeah right so it works really well man i don't know if i can go there i don't know if my little my old trad self is ready ready for the bike tube yeah, yeah. i remember you tell me about that but it wasn't really relevant for uh learning to fly because yeah. it would have just made my fingers too gigantic i, I know some guys who, who uh, adopted that uh i'm not gonna throw any names but i know some good uh, crack climbers who are uh Using the technique. Okay. What's the difference anyway, right? Because it's all—it's the tape that's touching the crack anyway. It doesn't that's give true. you more friction. So. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so, well, we'll see, you know, we'll see yeah. what happens. I, I don't know where I'm going to, actually, you know, that would actually work on, on uh, that grim section of, of. Uh, Charlotteers. Yeah, but then, then. I didn't use that on Charlotteers. Well, because I think even though you can jam thinner stuff. It would probably be too much of a hindrance on like, the, the other part of it. The perfect route for that, for for that te tape technique. Okay. Uh, what for me was uh, pink flamingo. Yeah, because it's a really heinous. baggy size and yep. it's in a corner that you can't lay back. So I really had to get a little bit more uh, jamming purchase with my. Uh, well, and all I did was I'd put like a pound of tape on my hand. Yeah. So what's the difference, <laughs> right? Totally, yeah. Yeah. Totally, yeah. 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 So, yeah. <laughs> So that's one thing I do. I don't use it on every bit, but I'll use it if I feel it's 
gonna help me a little bit um and i i like the for it doesn't really like the shoe uh, shoe technique you know sometimes i'll wear like different shoes like let's say you're edging with your left foot so you'll wear like a sportiva mura like a nice like a face climbing shoe like that edges really well and on my right foot i'll have like a more flat shoe that for jamming right and whatnot usually more for granite climbs but uh i've done that in indian creek on a few routes as well so yeah that's one technique have you ever done have you done hot pork sunday Oh, right on. Yeah, second yeah. second ascent. Nice. Yeah. How's that? It's good. It's not that bad for you, for the little guy. Uh, the smaller fingers. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it gets really thin at the top. So basically, it would be, for me, I'll describe it as like doing coin crack into learning to fly. Oh. <laughs> That's about it. Like it, That sounds it's, hard enough. It's tin, hand, tin hands forever, right. all the way to like a good pod. Right. And then from there, there's a purple section that's always a crux for me and then it slowly goes down to point three it's like is uh, it is it pinky down one of those kind of bummers where the anchor's just like a super desperate clip because the cracks no. run out or is there a, there is something to hold on to out there no it's easy clip yeah. oh cool yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. really hard all the way to the last bit where you right. can clip but uh yeah you can fall pretty high on on that thing but yeah that's a good one it's just kind of i've always found those roots like that like a little bit of a bummer yeah where they just drop the anchor where like where, the right, last where. possible desperate section and it's yeah. like these like, are uh, like the bleed out like digital readouts like that like oh my god yeah how do i clip this thing yeah so it, it doesn't make sense to me yeah these roots are kind of yeah whatever yeah but, they're all right yeah but, yeah but yeah no i did the hot pork it's a really good one uh my my favorite one in the creek is, um, and I did it on my last trip there is uh, Hong Kong Fui. Right. Um, that's a really hard size for me because it's pretty much purple the whole way, and it's a full pitch, and it's probably the only route that that overhangs for that long in the creek. So that was a pretty rad sand for me. Uh, uh, not the hardest one I've done in in uh, in that region, but uh, really good. What's harder than that? Uh, I think the Mexican. Really? Yeah, it's probably the hardest crack I've ever climbed. Oh wow! Yeah, where is that? It's in Longs Canyon. Oh, okay. Still on repeated, guys. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Throwing the challenge out. All right, we're getting super technical here. So yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's rein it back. <laughs> Sorry. In. Sorry, folks. Well, yeah. I mean, I got plenty of for, plenty of listeners. Crack geeks, you climb, know. Yeah, that's what we're doing. This is the crack geek show. Um, we didn't really go into your background or anything else. I wanted to. I, I, did you ever get into off whist or anything like that? I've done some off whist. Yeah, yeah, it's funny that you asked that because last time I was at the creek, there was this guy who knew me from whatever. I think I, I gave a slideshow in Yosemite and he saw me there and then he asked me. He was asking a bunch of like crack techniques and all that, and it was like, well, so you you only crack climb, huh? You don't you you only finger you only climb finger cracks, huh? You don't do anything else. And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. I, I can climb pretty much any sizes. I just prefer finger cracks. But I've done like fairly hard off widths. I just don't like them as much as finger cracks. But and then I was like, oh yeah, but I mean, like you, you only crack climb. You don't do anything else. I was like, no, I mean, I climb, I, I sport climb, I, I boulder, I right. climb indoors, I ice climb. That's so much big fan of aid climbing, but I've, I'll do it if I need to do it to get to somewhere. But I, I mean, I prefer crack climbing. I guess people know me for crack climbing, but uh, uh, 
yeah, I climb every style. Well, this it was, this, it was pretty funny, and I was like, yeah, this podcast isn't going to help for sure because we just like spent the whole time yeah, talking exactly. about our favorite yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, it's funny because it's like uh, I've always noticed that like the size spectrum that it's hard at the both ends. Like you know, there's not you're not going to climb a there's not a five thirteen hand crack out there, even if it's like fully vertical. Or is there? You're, you're raising your eyebrows. Well, there's uh, those. Roof I mean, fully cracks. horizontal. Those roof cracks, yeah, they're fully horizontal. Like the Necronomicon yeah. is. Uh, I mean, I called it 13 plus. Now it's uh, people say it's 514, whatever. But it's pretty much a hand crack. What? Yeah. There's got to be moves in there, though. A few right? moves, yeah. but it's like 98. I mean, 85 percent hand crack. Huh. Huh. All right. There's a few of them. Pretty rare, but right, yeah. right. But yeah, but they have to be totally upside yeah, down to for like upset. 30 meters. Right, you know right, what I right, mean? Exactly. But it's more of an endurance problem right, at that point. Right. But yeah, most of them that are like 40 degrees overhanging all the way to vertical, they have to be finger cracks mm-hmm. or ring locks to be even close to 513. Have you ever thought about like shutting these people up by like doing belly full of bad berries or something out there? I tried it last time I was oh. there. <laughs> so yeah. You, yeah, you were yeah. like, I'm going to show them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How'd it go? Uh, pretty well, actually. Okay. I then went back to send, but uh, yeah, I think I could do it probably in a couple more tries. Oh, I cool. kind of mess up my knee, so uh, I was like, yeah, enough with injuries. I'm just going to yeah, get away yeah. from it, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely can do that one. And you're coming off an injury right now. Well, I'm s- Still not coming it. off, no. yeah, pretty much. What'd you do? Um, so basically, I had that tennis elbow that was kind of like coming and going, coming and you know, it's just like, oh, it feels fine. I'm going to train for a while and then I train and then start to be painful again and I'll stop and do some PT for like a week and then I'd start fine be fine I'll you know so basically I just I've been dumb for like four months and then at some point it started to be really painful and I tore the uh, extensor tendon basically so basically it's a tennis elbow that went way past where it should so basically I have a partially tore tendon in my uh Outside in the outside of my elbow, so yeah, so probably another two months. What's of, gonna happen? Do you have to have surgery, or did you have surgery? No surgery. I had PRP uh, injections. Okay. Uh, so it's basically take your blood, they centrifuge it, they remove the plasma from the blood, and they shoot that right into the injury, and then it it speeds up the process. Yes. Um, so I'm going to have another one in a couple weeks and it's usually six weeks of six weeks of doing nothing after the injection. So at least, you know, I have another two months of no climbing whatsoever. So what have you been doing? Running. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much all I can do. I can't bike because I can't really hold the, uh, the handlebar. Um, I can do push ups, and I can run. So you can do push-ups. Push-ups and like core exercise and that okay. kind of stuff. So I've been doing that. I do a little bit of training for my left hand, but mm-hmm. I'm like, if I injured my right hand, maybe I should rest my left hand as well, you know? So right now I'm kind of learning how to brush my teeth with my left hand. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, that's about it. Running. Brushing up on your French. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try and... Uh, Turn not to speak too much English when I try to speak French. Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So. Well, cool. All right. Well, we we 
we blew it out on full on crack geeking. Yeah. And the next time uh, we'll find out how you started climbing and all that, that all right. sort of stuff that I normally go into. But the, yeah, this one went out to the uh, the crack climbing geeks out there. Yeah, maybe um, five five to ten people yeah, will listen to that yeah, podcast. Yeah. yeah, we like I said, we lost the <laughs> we lost half of them when we started calling it sport climbing. So yeah, yeah. that's the way it goes. But thanks a lot for sitting down, dude. And uh, thanks for having me, man. It's been a while. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you out there as soon as this freaking elbow thing. Yeah, uh, maybe end of October. Oh yeah, you, you're gonna do a crack tour. Yeah. All right. Probably. All right. Maybe five eleven cracks by then, but. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. Go back to your roots. Yeah, man. Back to your roots with the people. Yeah. <laughs> Climbing out there with the people. Yeah. Right on. Thanks. Thank you. Right then, yes, I had a good time doing that. I hope you had a good time listening. Thanks to JP for sitting down. He is a prince, that guy. He's a bit injured still, but he said, yeah, I'm going to come down to Moab and see what I can do, but I'll be happy to belay, you know, just uh, hit me up. I will be happy to go out and belay you on your project. So he's a guy that, uh, that he knows he owes his debt terms of projecting some of these things and uh, making belayers show up time and time again on these far away hard projects out there anyway uh moving on listen you guys it's been a great summer for the enorma cast even with the baby i've been managing to get these things out i'll admit some parts of the enorma cast have been a bit on autopilot uh or no pilot um, you know, my constant gripe about my email account has gotten worse. Yes, the list has gotten longer. You've emailed me and I did not get back to you. Then I am a jerk, but uh, I'm a jerk with a baby. So there you go. Um, but please, it's been a great summer in terms of you guys, in terms of listeners. So please continue to promote the EnormaCast to your friends, the people out there that have not heard it, heard of it. Um, your non-podcasting people, just get them on board. See if you can. See if you can uh, pop it in on the way to the cliff and they like it, uh, maybe they'll they'll join the tribe. Um, also, remember that I do sell, well, I don't sell them, but I have t-shirts out there at adiac.com or search uh, NormaCast Apparel. You'll find that out there somewhere. Also, send me an address. I will send you stickers eventually. Some people wait a long time for their stickers, but they do usually show up Although, actually, I get a lot sent back to me. Uh, I think dirtbags are really bad at giving me valid addresses. But, uh, yeah, send me an address, please, especially if you're from another country, which I'm happy to send the stickers out to. But please parse it out in the email as it would be on the envelope. But that goes for you uh, you stateside folks, too, because it's the easiest thing is for me to cut and paste, and then I'm done. Instead of having to recapitalize the things that you didn't bother to capitalize write you back because you didn't put your zip code on it just put it right there in the email boom zing pow you get your stickers okay thanks a bunch see you in wisconsin some of you folks and the rest i will see you at the cliffs as the fall is moving in so nice so nice went down to the black last week yeah i go climbing once in a while still and i had a great day down there it was super hot still but uh, we climbed in the shade very nice very very nice I think that the Bermuda Triangle has gotten a little tighter still for me. 
these days. Got to stay close to home. So you guys remember to check your knot. It's important. Look out for each other. No more tragedies ripping through the climbing community. Okay? Check your knot. That means so much more than just looking at your knot. Have you guys figured that out by now? It's the foundation of a whole system of taking care of each other at the cliffs. You get that? It's just the beginning. You check the knot. You look each other in the eye. You make sure the belay is on. You make sure you got everything you need. You run down the checklist. Are we ready for this? Is everything in order? Are we going to have a great day? Are we going to have the most horrible day of our lives? Have the great day. And that starts with taking care of each other. Je reviens.